Hi, this is Howard Jacobson, and I'm thrilled to be joined on the phone today by Stephanie Dignan, owner and founder of TheBootCampGirl.com. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, Howard. Thanks for having me on. A pleasure. So um, I was really interested in your work for two reasons. One is I was watching the, um, the some of the nine-minute workout videos on your website thinking, boy, I could I could do that and... I probably don't even have any excuses not to. It just seems so convenient and simple and and easy and 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 uh, able to be put into my existing routine, which is something that I've often had struggled with around uh, elevating my fitness. And the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was you offer very different dietary advice than most of the trainers out there who are doing kind of hard, hardcore body transformations. So for, first of all, I'd love to hear your story. Just how did you get into fitness? Uh, how did you get into your, your current career? Yeah, well, actually, uh, fitness has always been something I've loved to do. So since I was, you know, growing up, I was in gymnastics and cheerleading and other things like that. So I've always loved fitness. So it's always been like something I've enjoyed personally. And then I was approached by someone and asked if I would be a personal trainer. And at that time, I was in a different career. But I decided pretty much for fun, I would do it on the side and really just like as a hobby. And eventually, I built it into a business and now it's full-time business for me. What what made them come to you and say, would you be my trainer? What did they see in you that made them want that? Well, actually, it was the manager of the gym that I was working out at at the time. And he wanted more female trainers in his gym. And he saw me working out there regularly and just felt like I would be a good fit. Uh-huh. Cool. Can I ask what you were doing at the time, what, what your other career was then? I was a financial advisor. Okay, so um, it's always it's always curious to me to hear you know where where people came from because often it seems like there's no connection, but very often the skill sets that we had we bring into our our new worlds. Um, are, are, I'm curious. I, are, are I there, agree. What what, <laughs> what what are the mindsets of a financial advisor that you find helpful in helping people um, lose weight and get fit? Well, in both. In both careers, you are helping people with their goals. You know, as a financial advisor, people have financial goals. And as a personal trainer, people have health goals. So it's about determining what people's goals are and then helping them with a plan on how to get there. Mm. So it, you, is, it, is very, it is very similar in a lot of ways. When you were working as a financial advisor, and I imagine you'd have people come in in their 50s and 60s and, and, or even late 40s and looking for retirement, and, and you were obviously very fitness conscious and health conscious. Did you look at them and think, man, you're out, your money is going to outlast you? Don't you have a life plan for your own health? Yes. Actually, that's interesting that you bring that up because people do assume – that they're going to live to a certain age, whatever the life expectancy is at this time. But what's happening is life expectancy is going up. So people are outliving their money. It, so that is an interesting, an interesting point that you bring up. Mm, and, I, and of I, course, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping that we, you know, we're hoping that we live long, healthy lives. So we do, we do need to plan for that. 
Mm. Did, did you find there are similarities between the sort of habits that people need? Because, you know, I, I remember going to see a financial advisor about 10 years ago, and I was very excited when he was showing me the graphs of what my you know net worth could be. But then when he started talking about what I would need to do on a daily basis, like the little habits, um, I kind of glazed a little bit. Do you Do you find that there's a similar challenge with people. They, they really resonate with the goals, but then the day-to-day activities that take, get them there are just hard or, or they feel out of reach? Yes, that is another good comparison because it is a matter of doing something on a regular basis that takes, at least at first, it takes some discipline to get used to it. And so, with yeah, you're right. With each one of them, you're doing something for yourself that's going to affect you in the future. Mm. So so how do you, how do you work with people? Now if someone comes to you and they they want to get in shape and they maybe haven't been in shape since high school or maybe never um, and you you know how how do you start uh, assessing and creating a plan for them and getting them to stick to it? Well, the first thing that we do is we talk to them about what they want to accomplish with their fitness how they're feeling right now, what their history is with with exercise. And with people that haven't exercised in a long time, I recommend working into it gradually. So we start out with more, you know, lesser intense exercises and as they build up, we increase the intensity increase and increase the number of days a week that they exercise. But we always want the most important thing is safety and making sure that people are really paying attention to their body and they're not going at it uh, too, you know, too hard at first because then they could get injured, which is really a big setback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you know one, one one of the things I hear from a lot of people in the sort of the body transformation community is you know you really want to go all out. You want to make the you know the burn your bridges. <laughs> You know, create a totally new you. You, you. So you you find that that tends to be counterproductive for people that they. Can't... No, I'm just saying at first. I'm just saying at first, you want to take yeah. it one step at a time. And there's two parts to that. One is that your body needs to get used to what you're doing. Your body's going to be a little bit in shock at first if you haven't been exercising in a while. Uh-huh. And you just need to gradually work your way into it. But once you've gotten attained that fitness level, you do need to have intense workouts to get the maximum benefit. Mm-hmm. But you know, ra- rather, rather than jumping right into them, you advise giving people both the, a time for your physical body to uh, to adapt to it, um, but it sounds like also getting people to a place where, where they're confident that they can do it. Exactly. And that's where the nine-minute workout ties in because most people are overwhelmed with the idea of working out an hour a day. And when they get to the end of the day and they've got a lot of phone calls or they're, they've got to take their kids to sports practice, they feel like they just don't have that extra hour. But with the nine-minute workouts, they can start out with something that feels manageable and reasonable, and they can build their confidence that they're accomplishing something every day. Mm-hmm. And do they, when they start out, do they notice differences even though they're not doing the hour a day? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, most, although most of my clients are in my boot camp, so they are doing one hour workouts two, maybe two to three times a week. 
but you can really see a difference doing a nine-minute workout every day, especially for somebody that hasn't been exercising. Mm-hmm. What's, what sort of differences would somebody expect to see? Would it be in terms of the, like a subjective feeling, like this is just easier than it was, or I can do more push-ups in 50 seconds than I could have done before? Absolutely. Their strength is going to increase. Their cardiovascular conditioning is going to improve. It's going to be easier to walk up the stairs. I know I hear this a lot from people who come to my boot camp and say, you know, it's just getting hard for me to walk up the stairs or go hiking with friends because they get out of breath. So there is, they're going to see differences in those, in those areas. They're going to burn fat. They're going to have more energy. They're going to sleep better. All of these things. And the research is showing that short, intense workouts are very, um, can get, you can have a lot of benefits from short, intense workouts. Great. So, so I'm looking at your website, and there's a lot of fitness things. Um, and you have a, a, on your blog some articles about food and nutrition. Uh, my understanding is that you are mostly or completely plant-based. I'm personally completely plant-based, and I have been so for five years. Okay. There, you, you don't really call that out on your on your website. Is, is that have I missed something, or is is that right? No, I don't really call out what I do personally, but with all of my clients, I recommend all plant-based foods. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean that they all they take that. Doesn't mean that all of them are doing that. But I'm always sharing with them recipes and advising them on different foods that are the most healthy, and you know, challenging them to find recipes where they can incorporate those foods. Right. So how where, what, how did that journey come about for you? Did you grow up eating plant-based or did you have a a revelation or a gradual uh transformation? It was it was a gradual transformation. So I did I you know grew up kind of like everyone else eating you know meat and dairy and all the things that most people eat. And then gradually basically over the last 20 years I've given up different things. You know, when I was right out of high school, I gave up red meat. And then a couple years later, I gave up poultry. And then five years ago, I decided to go completely vegan, Mm -hmm. so completely plant-based. And it's just, you know, it's been an amazing thing. I mean, for me, it's the best decision I've ever made as far as my health. So what what did what did you notice every t- every time you uh, you ratcheted it up a notch from from red meat to poultry to uh, eggs and dairy and fish? What what did you notice each time that told you you were moving in a good direction for your body? Well, I think the most I mean the most dramatic would be when you go completely plant based one hundred percent. I just feel energy all the time. I always feel healthy. I can't recall being sick in the last five years. I mean, maybe a cold once or twice. I mean, it's that. So, and I notice people around me getting sick and they say, oh, it's going around. So they just, they think that everybody gets it, but I haven't been getting any of those things. And I don't drink any caffeine. I don't need any caffeine. And I feel good during my workouts. So for me, that's, I, that's how I feel all the time, but I know for a lot of people they don't feel that way. All right. So, so 
you you were were you a a trainer before you went completely plant based? Just or, for yeah, about six months before uh, I became plant based, I that's when I got my certification. Gotcha. But you were you were at that point you were working out pretty intensely. I was working out. Yeah, I was working out regularly before I became yeah. plant based. So, what did you notice specifically around how your workouts changed or your fitness changed from? Before and after, completely plant-based. Was it dramatic? Well, I also ramped up my fitness, um, not necessarily having to do with the plant-based, but I happened to do my first mar- full marathon a couple months after I became plant-based uh-huh. and started doing longer-distance running. So, I mean, I guess all I could say really is that you know, all the all the plant based um, diet really helps with the training, and helps with the long distance running and all the everything that you need to be successful with fitness. So how how did it help? How did you notice it helping? Were your recovery times faster? Um... Well, like I said, I mean before I before I did well, before I did the plant based, I hadn't run like a full marathon. So I can't really compare before and after with that in mm-hmm. particular. I, I just, honestly, I just think that overall I feel better. Just, just in general, just feel lighter, just, just feel better in all, in every way that I can think of. Gotcha. Cause one of the things that I've heard from plant-based athletes pretty much across the board is, and these are like, you know, champions, um, you know, Rich Roll, Brendan Brazier, Scott Jurek, all of them have told me that they're they're not really great athletes. <laughs> the, they, you know, that none none of them had yeah. the sort of genetic endowment. They didn't they didn't win the DNA jackpot. Um, but what what gave them the tremendous edge was being plant based when everyone else was doing the high protein diets uh, or the carb loading you know, pancake diet, and they were just able right. to recover so much faster. So they could, they could, in essence, do twice the training at the same cost as as everyone else. Did do you? I do agree you, with that. Do you see that when in your in your clients mm-hmm. whom you can you uh, influence to go plant based that all of a sudden they're reco- I, recovering faster from workouts? I, I agree with that. I I do. I think that people really don't know what they're capable of, and maybe they don't realize how much the food is, is dragging them down. And I think that it's not just about plant-based. It's also about eating the healthiest foods. So for people, it's there's two parts. So it's, it's eating plant-based and it's choosing the healthiest foods. I mean, if you're eating plant-based but you're drinking soda every day, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about eating the, the best foods. And that's just unbelievable difference. Right. So I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up because I know a lot of people I know who go vegan either, you know, go through a transition phase where they're eating lots of fake meat or they've just cut out the animal products, but they're still, you know, go- doing pizzas, or, you know, with, with vegan cheese or, or donuts. And they're, they're looking at the back of the cookie boxes to see whether it's, you know, canola or, or lard. Um, did you go through that or did you... Uh, immediately transition to a, what we call a whole foods, plant-based diet? I did a little bit of transitioning with that, 
but I was eating generally healthy before I became plant-based. I mean, before I became plant-based, I was having fish and some dairy. So, but I was, but generally speaking, otherwise I was eating pretty healthy. But it, I did go through some of that transition where, you know, you have like the Amy's pizzas with the vegan cheese on it and, and that kind of thing. But then, you know, as for me, my eating is a constant evolution where I'm researching and I'm learning and I'm changing my eating as I learn what's healthiest for me. So, yeah, this is a big difference with what I ate five years ago and what I'm eating now. Mm -hmm. So you, you're you're at the point where kind of you're evaluating everything like a you know like a race car, checking out the fuel it's getting, saying is is this powering me or not? Exactly. And when you're doing when you're doing a lot of fitness, and especially if you want to be competitive, the more that you analyze that and look at what you're taking in, the more competitive you can be. It is you know. It is kind of like that, where you're just, where you're deciding, okay, is this food going to make me faster? Is this food going to help me recover more? And you start looking at it in those terms instead of in terms of what you like the taste of. Mm -hmm. That almost becomes secondary, but you could find, I mean, it's still you can find recipes where it tastes really amazing, but your primary becomes a little different what you're focused on. Right. Well, I, I love how simple. That makes it because it reminds me again of your earlier career as a financial planner where you're really talking about one, one number. Do I have more money in the bank today than I did yesterday? And though, even though I might want that, that, you know, latte or I might, mm -hmm. you know, I might want to eat out tonight and have a glass of wine. And, you know, if I really have a goal that I'm saving for that's, that's, that's of paramount importance, then even the little deprivations feel good. Walking past the Starbucks or filling my thermos with water feels good when it's in the service of a big goal as opposed to just another daily deprivation. And it sounds like when, when you're sort of consumed by your desire to be an athlete, to be fit, to be strong and moving and performing well, that you, you, you're making the same daily calculations about your food intake. Exactly, exactly, because the goal becomes so exciting, like to see yourself either hit certain time or accomplish a certain mileage, that you're just thinking, okay, what are all the things that I can do today to get myself more prepared for that race day? And you're thinking, okay, which vegetables have the most nutrients in them? You know, what's the healthiest way to get the protein? So, yeah, that, that it just changes your whole, it changes your entire state of mind. So when when you start working with people and they are they may not be aware of of your dietary philosophy, are people shocked that you're not telling them to eat you know seven egg whites in the morning and uh, you know lean steak that you know that, that you're not paleo? Does that does that surprise people? Um, probably. There's probably some people that would be surprised by that. But if you if you really look at the research, I mean, the plant-based diet is the ideal diet for people to to be healthy. I mean, it's not just about here, you know, it's not just about um, building muscle. It's about, okay, are we preventing cancer? Are we preventing these other diseases? Because there's some things they're not necessarily thinking about. They're just thinking about um, maybe building muscle. 
but they're not thinking about all the other things that go along with it. Mm -hmm. And I did notice on a lot of the before and after testimonials on your website, people are talking about like triglyceride levels, which is something you don't see with other fitness trainers who are just working on, you know, short, short term or, or purely physical gains. Your, your, your clients are kind of in this for life. That's what, that's my goal with everyone is to get them into eating habits and exercise habits that can last a lifetime and, Food and exercise are medicine. It's the most it's the most powerful medicine in the world is food and exercise. The proper food and exercise. It can, you know, help cure or prevent diseases. I know in, we, in many we, cases. And we didn't even have to go through med school in order to to help people That's right. with this. That's right. We we do more we do more for people than their doctors do, in my opinion. Right. Well, yeah. The doctors, the doctors are giving medication, surgery. We're we're showing them how they can prevent that in the first place. Yeah, our doctors are there either for for emergencies, uh, you know, crashes or accidents, or because they didn't listen to us in the first place around nutrition and, and movement. Right. They're they you know they're basically sometimes giving general advice about eating healthier and exercising, but. They're not giving people the specifics that they need to know. And a lot of times, unfortunately, they're not even giving them all the information they need to know. I mean, I've had people say to me, wow, I wish my doctor would have told me these things about the food and about the exercise because that's really what they needed to know. Right. Well, most most doctors, I would imagine, if they went to your gym, the gym owner wouldn't look at them and say, boy, I really want you helping my people get fit because you're such a shining example of it. Yeah, isn't that unfortunate that the people that are treating diseases and we're the, the, what we go to them for their advice, but they're not, they don't look so healthy themselves and they may not, may not even be exercising themselves. So it's hard to follow in someone's lead when they're not doing what they're telling you to do. <laughs> right. So <laughs> so when people come to you and they're inspired by your performance and by the way you look and by your energy levels and your enthusiasm, and yet they have these maybe decades of, of habits, habits of, uh, of not moving or habits of, uh, of a standard American diet, how, what are the what are some tricks you have to get people to start to shift? I think the I think it starts with small changes that people can manage. There are some people that go from zero to sixty where they completely change overnight, and that does happen. But for most people, I think if they really want it to stick, it's about making small incremental changes. So things like taking the stairs instead of taking the elevator, parking the car as far away as you can from the building and walking into the building, and finding all of these ways where you're kind of incorporating exercise without taking additional time out of your day. And then other things like I'll say to people, they'll say, well, my friend's coming into town and we're going out for dinner or we're going for lunch. And I'm like, well, maybe you and your friend can go take a walk that day or you can go for a hike and you can catch up with each other doing something active together. 
So try like so I'm trying to get people to work this in and have it as like their way of life. And then with the eating, it's about actively going out and finding the healthier options. But it takes some time for people to men- mentally get to that place where they're not just eating whatever's in front of them. Mm-hmm. One of your blog posts that I really love was these called the, the three food tricks. You, you, okay. called, you posted yeah. it in, in August. Um, and there, you know, to, to give it away quickly, inst- instead of rice, have cauliflower rice. Instead of re- noodles, have zucchini noodles. And instead of you know, bread or wraps, you wrap things in lettuce. And those are all, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. cauliflower rice doesn't taste like rice. Zucchini noodles don't taste like noodles. And lettuce doesn't taste like a, a white flour tortilla. And yet, there's something really comforting and empowering about the function of 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 these different foods that they kind of they look the same as what we're used to they act the same as we're used to and it's such they're such powerful substitutions of just the highest quality food for for things that are that are generally pretty nutrient poor yes those are you're right those are that is a way for people to eat to make the transition easier and I have a lot of people that enjoy the lettuce wraps and they're probably saving a couple hundred calories every time they have a sandwich just to have it on a lettuce wrap. And that that is a much easier way of transitioning, like you're saying. Yeah, that just the just you know, put it putting it on lettuce, it's amazing for me, you know, I've been I've been eating pretty well for, for a while. And the difference between let's say having a salad or having the same thing in a wrap it feels like much more of a meal. Like, like there's a, right. you know, I don't, I don't exactly know what the, what the psychology of it is for me, but putting something in a burrito form makes it feel like an entree. I see what you're saying versus having it like this as a salad in front of you. Yeah, just, you I, know, I, yeah, you know exactly. just dumping the, and I could eat much more. I could like fill a bowl and eat all the salad, but it still feels like, there's there's not a defined beginning and end to it as with if I, if I take you know three three collard wraps or lettuce wraps and that some, somehow that feels like you know, more like here's the beginning here's the end and now I know I've eaten enough just from yeah and I mean you've hit on a really important part of this which is about your the psychology of it and the the thoughts that we have and the expectations that we have. And being aware of that, like you're aware that now you feel like it's a meal. So you feel more satisfied. So that's kind of the psychology of it. (laughs) And it's what we do is more psychology and more mental than physical, really. Yeah. Well, I I feel like the same thing about the nine-minute workouts is that you could just say to someone, oh, just, you know, move around and then take little breaks. But by, by giving it a beginning and an end, even, you know, psychologically, I've done a workout. Even if it's a nine-minute workout, it's a workout. And I can feel complete and feel, like, full in the same way that eating a wrap make me, would make me feel full. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yes. And that's how I want people to feel. And I prefer that people do that in the morning. Because the rest of your day, you can go through the day feeling like you've already accomplished something. And there's something about that that when you take that through your day, it really affects everything that you do. And the nine-minute workout, if it's done correctly with intensity, you're going to feel those endorphins. 
you're going to feel more energy, and it's going to have a huge, that nine minutes is going to have a huge impact versus going to the, you know, coffee place and waiting in line and getting your coffee, which that might take nine minutes, but this is a more, you know, productive nine minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, that that nine minutes, you know, it may not even feel like it. You know, if you're, you're you're on your phone, you're checking Facebook, it can pass. And I mean, how many nine minute periods a day do we waste? We, so we, many we, of them. Yeah, so many yeah, of them. You can just say, I'm going to take this this one nine minute period, and I'm really going to work it. Right, and it, and and you'll you'll notice the results too. Which when you when you really put the effort in and intensity in there, and you do it consistently. You'll see, you'll notice the results, and then you'll be like, "Wow, what a great investment of time!" Great. So, so you're you're in the uh, like Maryland, Washington D.C. area. Yes. Uh, yes. So, so for pe- people who live near you, how can they find out more about you and your programs and the other people you work with, and maybe get involved? Sure. They can go to my website, which is www thebootcampgirl.com or they can email us at info at thebootcampgirl.com on the website we do have the 9 minute workouts so they can go to that part of the website and check out those videos also we're going to have an online program that's coming up in the next few months so people anywhere as long as you have access to the internet could could go on there and enjoy our, our online program as well Great. So I assume if people want to be in the know about that, they could they could like you on Facebook. Um, yes, the Bootcamp Girl on Facebook. Or I see you have an email form that you could, you'll send out weekly tips, articles, and specials via email. And, and if people want to find out when they can work with you online from the comfort of wherever they are, they can just sign up and you'll let them know. Exactly. Exactly. We have a weekly e-newsletter where we offer articles like similar to the one that you were talking about, like the three food tricks. We have an article every week. Uh, we sometimes post recipes, just general information about what's going on. And a lot of people find that really valuable, the information they get every week. It kind of keeps them, them mentally on track. And then, yeah, of course, we'd be updating them about the online program as well. Great. And now you work with other people, right? It's not just you. You have other trainers? There's other trainers. We have five trainers right now. So if someone entered into the program, they would be getting a different workout, you know, different style of workout from each trainer that they, they went to, which is really part, one of the great parts of the program. What people have said is that they like that it's always different. We never do the same workout twice. Um, and I'm looking here at your uh, your bio, and you're not just, you know, one of one of my experiences with fitness in the last few years has been CrossFit, and while I loved their sort of intensity and community, I kept getting the feeling that they really didn't understand how the body worked and how to how to not you know have it break down. And I'm looking at you have you have a yoga certification, Pilates, Tai Chi, meditation. Um, that you, that you're you're really focused on on building things up safely and not just you know pushing things to the max. That is my, like, number one priority. So when somebody starts in the workout, we talk to them about how to prevent injuries. And if they feel anything, we tell them to immediately go to a professional that can look at it, give them an evaluation and a treatment plan, 
and the sooner they get on the treatment plan, the better. I mean, certain things you could probably get past them in a week or two if you were if you were taking care of it. But when people, the problem is that people kind of ignore that for too long, and then eventually it gets worse and worse. So we're very proactive about people having injuries, and also. You know, as you as you saw on my website, I have a yoga certification as well. And for me, it's not just about the physical. It's about the relaxation, the stretching, the balance. All of these things are important because if you're if you're lacking in one area, it's going to affect you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have one one more question for you. I'm on your website now. I'm in uh, the challenges page. So you have. Mm-hmm. It looks like teams and lots of people on the teams and different numbers and you know it's, I don't only first names so I don't know who anybody is, um, but it looks like Team Christie won in September and you have individual winners. Right. What is what what is the psychology of of that for helping people get fit? What what was your thinking in building that? The having the team challenge just took everything to another level because. People get really excited about a challenge. A lot of people get really excited about a challenge, and they were getting points for the activities that are going to lead them to better health. So every time they came to a workout, they got points for it. When they did a workout on their own and they let us know about that, they got points for that. They got points for recording their food. They got points just for weighing in every week. So when you, if they're motivated by the challenge and it gets them to do the things that they need to do anyway. Um, the results that I found over the course of the month were even better than than, your, than usual. The attendance was better. The weight loss was better. Um, just to have that higher goal and to be working on a team it just makes a huge difference. Uh huh. So I noticed that there's a few people who who came in with kind of you know zeros, fifteen, zero, zero, um, but a lot of a lot of the numbers were fairly high. You f- you find that the people who who are going who are going to do something end up doing more because of because of the yes. challenge? Yes, absolutely. Also, what? each team was led by an instructor and I made sure to kind of match people up with the instructor that maybe they, they saw the most or had the most connection with. And so they didn't want in a way they didn't want to let their instructor down or their team down. Mm. So I think that kind of motivates people as well. Alright. Well I I found that that people are are often much more willing to to do hard things for others than for themselves, and you know I I try yeah. to use you know for people thinking about well my spouse or my children or my grandchildren or walk my daughter down the aisle at her wedding or you know the the things that I want to be there for for other people, um, but here you're kind of taking a little bit of that turning it into a game and allowing people to say I'm I'm I am, um, I'm accountable and I'm dependable. Which allows people to, to kind of, you know, as as they work out, to build up a whole image of themselves, not just you know I sweat a lot. Right. Absolutely, it's amazing. It's amazing what I learned from doing these challenges. So I've done two month long challenges, and it was it was a learning experience for me just to see how much harder people worked when they were on a team. And I think you're right. I this is another area that I, I feel with people, they need to have something else motivating them than just they want to lose 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's just not enough to get people to do what they need to do. There's got to be other things going on. Like the other, the other um, 
thing that we've done is we've gone out to races together, like 5Ks and other running events or even walking for people that walk. And that can be a big motivator, too, because it gets people on a schedule and they have that that race coming up and they want to do well at it. And in the meantime, they're losing the weight that they wanted to lose. Mm-hmm. So it's like they need that other that other goal to get them to do the work. Like recently we had we had 26 people in the Baltimore Running Festival. And we had five, out of those 26, we had five relay teams. So where each person did between five and seven miles. And most of those people had really had a lot of doubts that they could do it because maybe the most they'd ever run was a 5K. But we we challenged them to get them out there and they were on a team and they didn't want to let down their team. So they were more likely to do the training when they know they were on a team. Right. So there's that accountability. There's the fun of, of turning into a game. And I think there's also a feeling like, you know, if, if like when I just walk around town or I go to supermarkets or I go to Costco, I just see most people just are dragging. They're, they're a little bit vacant. They, they walk a little bit tired and defeated. They're overweight. They, they have an unhealthy pallor to their skin. And you start thinking, well, this is the normal world. This is the world I live in. But when you start hanging out with people who are into fitness, when you start, you know, going to a gym or going to classes or running races or just being on a team, you start to realize there's this whole other peer group out there. And you start okay. saying, well, well, that's normal. So that's how I'm going to behave. That's a really good point. It's a really good point. If you're around people that are sick and sluggish, like you're saying, that starts becoming, oh, this is just how everybody is. And you think you're destined to that. But I agree that because the, the people that I hang around that are exercising and eating a healthy, and I'll emphasize healthy, plant-based diet, they rarely ever get sick. Like I've had this conversation with several people, and they're like, no, it's been... Years can't even remember the last time I had a flu or cold or things like this. Right, so like, you realize, oh wait, there's a whole other there's a whole other thing that people most most people don't even understand. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be like you know putting bad fuel in your car and then you know every morning everybody lines up to have their injectors cleaned. You know, right. <laughs> and, and we're like, no, we don't do that. I said, but that's everyone does that. You have to do that if you have a car. It's like no, there's, yeah, you know, or like the other day, yeah, or like being on. Medication, you know, people feel like everybody's on medication. And, you know, especially as people get in the older ages, when they go to a doctor, the expectation is they're going to be on several medications. Right. Like that's like the norm. Um, but I know uh, a friend of mine who runs ultra marathons at age 72, she's not on any medications at all whatsoever. And she's 100% plant based as well. Right. Yeah. And when you, when you start hanging out with those people, you start realizing that, you know, the, the default future is up to you. You know, if you do what everybody else does, you'll get 100%. what they get. 100%. And I think if people don't have people around them that are that example, they can always find the books and the magazine articles and the success stories of people that are out there just to have a role model. People need a role model. They need to know that it's actually possible to ha- for it to happen. Yep. Well, um, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about that I haven't asked you about? 
I think we've covered I think we've covered pretty much everything, but I'll just say that if it seems for people that are listening, if it seems overwhelming, take one small step a day. And if you take one small step a day, it will it will add up over time. When it comes to the exercise and when it comes to the eating, just think what one easy thing can I do today to take one step forward? And every action we take, we're taking either one step toward our goal or one step away from our goal. So when we think about everything that we do, just ask yourself, is this one step forward or one step back? And so make the decision to keep going forward. Right, that's that's beautiful, and and I would I would just add that from my experience, the smaller the step forward you take, the better, because the more the more likely you'll do it, and it just becomes a snowball effect. So I know you know for me, every time I would try to go running, I, I wanted to get in shape. I would buy a pair of running shoes and run five miles as fast as I could, and then I'd be hobbling for the next two weeks, as opposed to let me go around the block in ten minutes today and. Nine minutes and fifty seconds next week, and I found those the the tinier exactly. the improvement the the more uh the faster I improved right, and they say slow and steady wins the race yep. so for I think that applies to just fitness in general. get into it one step at a time, build on it get mo- get more motivated, start seeing some results that'll get you even more motivated, and just take it one step at a time and just and just believe that it will happen if you keep heading in that direction. Awesome. So let me end by asking you about what's what's like a favorite dish or meal that you you know quite something easy and delicious and convenient that you're 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 enjoying right now. I really like the chickpea salad that I've been making, and it's like it's almost like a substitute for tuna salad, but it's uh-huh. made with chickpeas. And actually, the recipe is on my blog, but it's basically smashed chickpeas with what you would put in tuna salad, basically, like uh, celery, pickles, onions, and, you you know, you just mix that up, and uh, it's really good, and I put it with lettuce wraps. And I've taken this, actually, to my students, because we'll have potlucks and things like that, and they really like it. Awesome. I just found it on your blog, so I will post a link to this right below the audio of this interview so people can go grab it themselves. Great. Well, Stephanie Dignan, the boot camp girl, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Sure. Thank you for having me. All right. So if people want to find you again, it's thebootcampgirl.com, and you have local boot camps and classes and challenges in the Maryland, D.C. area and online coming soon. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.